This is episode 202 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Nick Van Dyke on the show. That probably sounds familiar because he was on not that long ago. So I had Nick back. In this episode, we were talking about his self-storage endeavors. We did an update on the Florida properties after the hurricane. What are the Airbnb numbers looking like? And then we wrapped up today's discussion with a talk about our mastermind. So we're actually hosting a investing in the US mastermind for Canadians. And that mastermind is focused on, you know, people who have probably been following me or Nick and are interested in the US, but not quite ready to pull the trigger. I've had many people encourage me to do this. A lot of people said, hey, is there any way I could learn? You know, I'd really like to do this. Nick and I were floating this idea back and forth because we're both invested and pretty active in the US. And we finally pulled the trigger on it. The more specific details are below. If you'd like to check out the details, book your ticket to attend. There are limited seats. So definitely don't waste any time if it's something that's important to you and you want to make sure that you can get in the room with the people that will be at this event and learn the specific nuts and bolts of U.S. investing. So without too much further ado, I do want to just quickly ask you, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a five-star rating and review. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the episode. Thanks so much. Let's jump into episode 202 with Nick Van Dyke. Welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I've got Nick Van Dyke back on the show. Hasn't been that long, but Nick, thanks for uh, coming back over. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So uh, Nick, we're going to go over a few things. You and I, you know, full disclosure to everyone watching, we're doing a couple of things together, including hosting a mastermind. Uh, so Nick is also doing some stuff on the investing side that we didn't get into on the last episode very deeply, uh, mainly with what you're doing with development and self-storage. Yep. Um, but for those who didn't see the previous episode, just recap us, Nick, tell us a little bit about your story real quick. Yeah. So short of it, uh, my name's Nick Van Dyke. Uh, real estate investor, started in the multifamily space, uh, duplex conversions, multifamily, did some flips, Airbnbs. Like Brantford area, right? Yeah, mainly Brantford area. Uh, we started with some duplex conversions, flips, assignments, uh, did some wholesales, and just one thing led yeah. to another. And I think you said it was, what, what, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you read that? Yep, Rich so, Dad, Poor Dad. Is your, was it your dad that gave it? Yeah, gave my it dad you? gave me that book. See, that's, I, the, that's the rare story. No one says that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah a little ironic, but... yeah. At the end of the day, growing up, you know, uh, we've been pretty entrepreneurial family. So your dad was the rich dad out of the story. <laughs> Some days, I guess. <laughs> Educationally. Yeah, like. exactly. So, yeah. no, he he knew there was a different way and just a different way of thinking. And, you know, I fed from that. And, yeah, then I got yeah. into the real estate. And here yeah, we are. Yeah, that's super critical. Yep. What have you been working on lately? So, as you're aware, you and I have talked a little bit off of this uh but yeah no we got some properties in florida yeah um yeah so nick and i both invest in cape coral florida i yeah. think that i don't know if that happened fully organically we were talking a bunch about it i went down there and then you were like right there behind yeah, me. yeah i think i was already there well yeah you were already doing i, I was stuff. land owning but you actually had had houses yeah now i have houses they're almost done <laughs> <laughs> after hurricane yeah. after the, they, they withstood the hurricane so if you're in the market for a hurricane resistant <laughs> house i have a few that are going to be going up for sale yeah exactly yeah, there we yeah. go it's a, it's no. a good sales pitch <laughs> there you go yeah no i'm fortunate too like our houses like if anyone who knows about the hurricane it was supposed to go up and uh turn into tampa but <clears throat> it took yeah. a hard right i guess it would be hard right uh, into cape coral yeah so yeah. that happened since our last interview the, yep. the hurricane yep. um so for for <clears throat> ours like we had flood water come up but it didn't hit the building did you was it the same for you yeah pretty well like it, it we had it maybe right up to the door or into the garage a little bit um i remember one of our neighbors was texting me at the during the hurricane he was saying there's literally a porter potty floating past your house yeah. so Oh yeah, the videos of that, that were insane. Yeah, like I mean, obviously neither of us were down there, but uh, fortunately, yeah, no, but. fortunately everything, you know. So you're minimal, all good. Minimal damage, you know, trees down. So did it hurt your cage. Airbnb superhost status? Like, did you have no. to cancel some people, or or Airbnb was forgiving of the hurricane? Yeah, a lot of people. Some of the people that were like going to be going Coming in that they week, they basically just canceled yeah. for obvious reasons. So yeah, but no, everything now it's. Uh, back up and running and moving yeah. forward so how's that handled like just refund their deposits because of the situation or or do you yeah well i think through airbnb i don't even know if they they didn't even pay yet to be honest or like because they were some of the yeah. bookings we had were pretty last minute so oh okay um, okay 
but yeah, I think there was a no. Sorry, there was a, basically Airbnb has different cancellation policies yeah. or whatever. So ours, yeah. know, given there's a hurricane, yeah, they're, they're going to be understanding. You know, that's the thing. Like with the super hosting, and I'm still new to Airbnb because I don't manage ours for the campground. Like I'm, I'm in there. I'm one of the guys that has access to it. And I sometimes respond to people, but I don't know fully how it works. All I know is that if you cancel somebody, you lose your super host. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just we just leverage Airbnb and VRBO. I don't know the yeah. Oh, you use detailed. Both? Yeah. Well, it's just a little bit. Do, more you, do they communicate <clears throat> with each other? Do you have them directly linking? Kind of like my wife does majority she manages of that. It all? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, like I think she prefers using Airbnb. It's just a little bit more user friendly. Yeah. But so I think she char- will charge a little bit more on yeah. Airbnb if, or sorry, on well, VRBO. Well, it's pretty expensive on, yeah. on Air- well, VRBO. Yeah. Oh, just because it's harder to work with. Well, yeah. So it's like we just charge yeah. more. So if somebody wants to book through that, then sure. Yeah. But if not, then majority of it's through Airbnb. Yeah. I mean, just looking at like what we pay Airbnb, it's like several hundred dollars on like bigger bookings. Oh, like, yeah. They get a lot of money. Yeah. So that's, this is why it's great if you can, you know, do stuff outside the platform. But then also there's the accountability on yes, Airbnb, which I like. Yeah. If it's, you know, if it's yeah. a, a reoccurring guest or something recurring guests thing, right? that so you like, knew you had a we good have experience our cottage with. on airbnb so like yeah. someone will rent it in the summer they were good they're like hey we want to rebook it next year yeah and bonus that cottage is uh northern ontario or where, whereabouts in ontario yeah, is that it's a uh, big town of restool it's just south of uh lake nipissing so restool that sounds really familiar i feel yeah, like it's on uh commando lake so it's nice it's a bit of a hike to get up there but yeah like there, what five hours up yeah well from here it's probably like four four okay but Five hours from my house. So. Nice. So you got properties everywhere. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And then so these <clears throat> developments now. Uh, so in addition to the, the vacation rentals in Florida, Cape Coral, uh, before we jump off of that, is that where you would plan to grow further? I mean, I know why I picked Cape Coral, but for anybody else who hasn't already gone there because they've heard me talk about it, <laughs> why do yeah. why do you like <clears throat> Cape Coral? Yeah, I think the big reason why we, why we picked Cape Coral um, after evaluating pretty much all the other markets in Florida, uh, was just like our dollar went a little further right yeah. like naples is expensive but you know it's beautiful everywhere yeah. is beautiful in florida but you know when you're when you're buying or doing investing and stuff you know you're trying to look for something where yeah. your dollar goes a little further so yeah and i a little heard bit more economical like yeah there. many people they were, they started up in tampa they're like hey we like what you're doing in florida we're looking in tampa i'm like you'll be back yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be back when you find out plus there's the like every well. every county has yeah. different rules for yeah. like short-term rentals where cape coral yeah. it's like it's and kind it, of the Wild West. They yeah. do actually technically have a rule. I think it's supposed to be a week-long minimum. Yeah, yeah. But I think just generally people do whatever they want. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. So. I mean, most as people a, want week stays anyways. So Yeah, as an owner, you almost prefer it. Yeah. I remember looking in Fort Myers Beach, which like almost doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's still <laughs> there. But um, they have like a couple of blocks that are minimum one week, a couple of blocks that are minimum one month, and then a couple of blocks that are you could do nightly. Yeah. No, like, like we do weekly. Well, obviously it's per night, but yeah. you know, if somebody wants to rent it for a month, then yeah, it's, it's, better it's for way the easier for management, yeah. right? What do you think is the, okay, first off, like loosely, can you get into numbers? I know the hurricane kind of messed everything up. Can yep. you can, <clears> give me a loose idea of price point of the purchase? Um, you know, approximately what those are going to earn in a, in a year based on what you can see. I mean, obviously hurricane changed everything. Yeah. No. So essentially the short of it, we have a three bedroom, uh, two bath house pool, nice, you know, nice subdivision, you know, mm-hmm. good part of Cape Not Coral. on a canal though. No, like the, well, there's canals everywhere. So yeah. like there's a canal across the, like, uh, yeah, across the, the, the houses across the road, but, um, so gross income, where probably you know my target is you know to be very conservative is around that sixty five mark. Yeah, uh, gross. But some you know some months like January, well February, March, April, the high season, it's you know we can get a little bit more. So it could even be upwards to like yeah. seventy, even seventy five, eighty. Like who knows? You think you like, could do seventy five or eighty? It'll be like t- yeah. this year's going to be more or less our. Uh, our our first first run at it like we're almost um i think come may will be our one year one year um yeah like that from when you launched on airbnb throw the hurricane in there so you launched on airbnb into um into a market where i mean you're in the summer which is traditionally like low season but in the summer we did actually all right like it was consistently booked the 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 months that were a little iffy were um remember correctly let's say september october we're a little slower slower so what's a slow month look like down there 
This episode is brought to you by Controlling Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode probably like three grand three grand yeah and then a busy month you haven't really seen yet well no like on i think on on a consistent basis like in the summertime like based on what i know now from the summertime um and then now ramping up into the high season like you're getting cold everywhere else so people want to go you know we're getting anywhere from five to eight right now a month yeah yeah that's all right and most days are a week or yeah yeah Yeah. for the most part like we because of the hurricane we had someone stay about uh a month month and a half just because like they were their down. place was yeah, gone yeah that's all right you still make full pop on that though probably yeah, we gave a little bit of a discount just because it's easier to make big long right? stay yeah so, the big long stays but then are we'll nice charge, we'll charge a little bit more for cleaning fee yeah well i mean the nice thing is like you're only cleaning it once sorry yeah. like so yeah. they have to clean it in between yeah like yeah. we've offered to send our cleaner in but yeah. like some people they just don't want yeah they don't want somebody in their space yeah. they should be able to clean their own like it's, they're not really vacationers right no Okay, so let's say like you average. I mean, when you see February, if you're already getting into the seven t- territory, I feel like February should hit like ten for you. Oh yeah, at least like February, March, like yeah. ten each. Like you can go on Airbnb and you can select your monthly stays, right? So, um, like we'll be in February, March. Like yeah. it should be at least ten, if not closer to fifteen. I would say. Yeah, I could see that totally. So, so say on the year you average, do, do you think you'll average eight grand? per month on average seven to eight i would say yeah maybe but you let's know, say hypothetically a, you did an eight that'd be that'd be 96 on the year yeah. that's a lot yeah, which that's, <laughs> that's where a I'm really like, good year so maybe it's seven yeah that's where i'm like you know what i'd rather err on the side of caution yeah, okay so and, maybe you do seven i mean we could be completely wrong about this yeah. but uh it's it's just based on the signs you're telling me because i've heard other people tell me Oh, like in the in the summer, what they used to do, especially like the, I heard the story in Fort Myers Beach, is they would just rent to like monthly tenants, like not even vacation or just people who wanted a place to stay in a furnished rental, make a thousand bucks a month or something like that in the summer. Like that's well, but they were probably about smaller units. Like, yeah, like our summer when we were like um, May, well, really May, June, July, August they did well like they were booked like i wouldn't say they so weren't I've heard february. july is typically good because of the holiday yeah uh, but you got different events and stuff right yeah but it's, day, it's interesting just, that that the that the summer's bumping was so hot down well, there we went summer. down uh, my wife's birthday is you know independence day july 4th so we went down there in july and honestly people are like yeah it's hot but like why do you go to florida yeah. typically you know you want to enjoy the weather like sure it's, yeah. it's warm everywhere else but it was it's it's nice it's hot it's beautiful yeah but then it wasn't nearly as busy so all of yeah. these restaurants or you, you can know, get the beach whatever yeah. you want to go to you can, you can get there a lot faster yeah it's about to i mean some people say like the nicest weather like the, the weather they like the most is you know getting into the early summer down there it's weird though Depends, like you yeah. look on your left and it's nice blues beautiful skies and you, get you a look storm. on your right and it's black so <laughs> yeah you get a storm every day right <clears throat> yeah pretty much. um okay so taxes on that place what, what are they approximately uh i'd say around five. Oh, they're really that much yeah well because uh, like if you're in cape coral i'm sure you know about the homestead and the discount and stuff like that like if you're a resident of of, of cape coral yeah. you pay less yeah I haven't even gotten into that because I'm still no. building. No. <laughs> We're going to get there. They're, I'm still assessed at like a number that my taxes are 400 bucks. Yeah. Well, but that's about to change, yeah, obviously. Will. Yeah. Um, insurance wise, uh, what are you paying and what does that give you? Uh, so we're both in um, like the flood flood area. Okay. So, which is ironic because here we're in the flood zone, but during the hurricane, we never got flooded. So Yeah. When you would have thought you would have. Well, it's a point, lot about the wind patterns and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, things, 
it may be under different circumstances it would have flooded maybe even a lesser hurricane could have yeah, flooded it true. but nonetheless we fortunately did good but no our insurance um so yeah like obviously you have your there's basically two policies one is more uh, your flood insurance and then the other policies like your just house insurance okay so, so two separate independent policies pretty much our really? we have so one house we were able to grandfather and get a cheaper flood insurance okay the other house is substantially higher yeah so is this the the other house that's substantially higher whatever one you want to use okay let's <laughs> let's use the higher numbers yeah both of your houses are about the same right yep yeah okay. very similar okay so what what's the more expensive yeah they could be like you could get flood insurance anywhere from like four to eight grand yeah wow like, let's let's go on the high side eight grand yeah i think uh, paula i was talking to yeah. her paula mcfarland and she said nine grand yeah. they were paying there you go so, yeah probably i a think bit ours is less to be honest but yeah you can and you don't need the flood insurance right like my new places are actually built out of the floodplain i think they're actually elevated up i think it depends on your lender like our one lender we have like you know our long-term foreign international loan they required it Mm -hmm. our other lender is private so yeah like a private individual yeah how'd you find that a broker oh just broker okay that's great yeah we Um, bought both our houses with private just to close yeah so and you used a broker out of florida yep Okay. We'll have to uh, share that contact afterwards. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So maintenance, um, what do you do? Like, I mean, obviously you have, you have uh, consumables and such. So what, what are you into approximately for maintenance? Like I normally I'd put 5%, but that's 4,200 on the year. Yeah. I, well, we bought, we renovated both properties. So our maintenance is more or less lower than that. But nonetheless, like you still have, you know, wear and tear because it's short term. Yeah. Wear so. and tear, like life cycle. I mean, your air conditioners probably get replaced every 10 years down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah like everything they're wears out. Running they're running all the time. Yeah. yeah. So like your condensation pump needs to yeah. be cleaned on a weekly basis, oh, right. yeah, yeah. So, basis so or something like it. Like. The the issues in Florida are different. Like your condensation pump, like you can't run it into a drain in Florida because there's so much condensation. They don't want yeah. it going into the sewer. Right. So it has to go out the side of your house. It gets clogged up. Just you got to bring in a shop. It's just different. But yeah. then it's so much more enjoyable because like it's warm. <laughs> bomb trees everywhere. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get back down there. It's got to figure out how to do that with the baby. Take um, <laughs> we did that already once but he slept more in the car yeah. um okay so so obviously maintenance like i like to build in that life cycle thing that's why i don't like to drop it below five percent obviously in this year and next year cash flow is higher yep. but down the road yep. it, no, you know it'll be lower so um maybe we'll just treat consumables as as uh, under miscellaneous we'll throw that in there um okay so management what are you paying uh we don't oh you don't that's yeah. right oh we'll just put a one percent there for your own expenses yeah uh and then landscaping and snow well no snow landscaping no snow in florida um landscaping it's about 100 bucks a month and pool cleaning is another about another i think it's like 90 bucks a month okay so let's let's do this so 1200 plus 90 times 12 you are going to be 2280 a year and any other rentals or other expenses pest control yeah it's pretty minute to be honest um we just do that like on a on like a quarterly basis but it's okay. not like i think we pay i have to double check i want to say like yeah 100 bucks 75 bucks so i'm gonna quarter, s- like every three months yeah. yeah so i'm gonna say like probably 1200 on the year for consumables toilet paper all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but and then like our cleaning fee is covers substantial amount too like it, a lot of the stuff works out in the wash, I think. But yeah. Right, which is why I'm not really building in cleaning as a cost here because I know you're going to generate that as revenue. Right. Um, so we did 7000 as revenue here, assuming your cleaning fees on top of that. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Give or take. Like okay. it, it's so like, we can play with that number a bit. Like uh, oftentimes, uh, especially those who watch Aria Hot Seat, you'll see me like highlight yeah. something. We'll do some some like sensitivity I, on it. Through our, uh, like when we do our mastermind, we're going to, yeah. I'm going to go through a couple case studies with yeah. our, with our properties so it'll be a little bit more accurate yeah yeah we'll get into further you know for more accurate detail uh but i like to just do that loose let's let's run through some numbers and see how this works um right right on the show here um okay so we are at uh gross income sorry sorry uh, operating income of fifty six thousand eight hundred before mortgage here so what's the purchase price like on something if you were to buy this again right now renovated what do you think you'd pay you'd probably in for it depends on the area more or less but you're probably in and around like your mid to high fours maybe a okay. little under five okay so i would say between 475 yeah maybe. you're in and around that 475 and 
what kind of financing can somebody expect? Like 75% if they were like a Canadian, say, looking yeah, to buy Yeah, you're it? into 70% loan to value. 70%. Yeah. And 30-year <laughs> amortization possible. Sorry? 30-year amortization. Yep. yep. And I mean, obviously, like we, we could look to... Um, certain Canadian lenders that may be able to help initially. Yeah, like RBC, TD is pretty good. Have um, they helped you out or you're, you're still we private? Went, we went, no, we, well, the one house is private. The other one we've refinanced into a foreign international loan. Okay, so with a U.S. Everything. lender? Yep. Okay. And what are you at with that for a, for a percentage rate? I want to say it's, I've double check, but I want, it's around seven. So it's seven. gone up a little seven. more than I was hoping, but okay. it's all part of it. So after all that, 7%. Let's assume, do you think we still can get seven? We'll have to dig into that a little bit more yeah, and get some updated okay. rates, but. Uh, that's what we got, so. Yeah, yeah um, so that's what you got. So say even that's at 8% now, yeah. uh, being foreign international, they're going to charge touch more. Yeah. That's That leaves a $2,400 mortgage payment. Everything's US dollars here, obviously. That leaves 2330 in monthly cash flow. Yeah. So the, you know, the trick is, like you've kind of lumped in cleaning people, and handiwork for like somebody needs it you know you need somebody to open a door for you yeah right? like, and meet a contractor honestly we've been so fortunate with your neighbor like, right? our neighbors oh yeah like the one neighbor they put our hurricane shutters up through yeah before the hurricane and what'd it's you guys our... do for them you bring a bottle of wine when you're down there well no so when we go back we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get everyone who helped us out and we're gonna host a nice dinner or take everyone out somewhere yeah. or something do something right because like you know, yeah here they have hurricane windows so they don't have to put up hurricane shutters and here they're putting up hurricane shutters. So, oh, like those your neighbors have yeah, hurricane windows. Yeah. yeah. So you do want to get the hurricane windows. I, I mean, like oh, yeah. anything new build down 100%. there is going to have them. Yeah, well worth. Fortunately, it. mine have them, so yeah. no no window damage at all on yeah. any of my stuff. Uh, okay, so that's obviously a great thing to have. Okay, so I mean the return on this. It's tough to know what appreciation is going to happen. Yeah. Um, Florida never exploded. Uh, obviously, with less housing inventory down there, it's almost like prices might even go up a bit. Uh, we'll see what happens over time. The interest rate effect is the same down here, yeah. down, down there as it is here, except yeah. it's not being felt as dramatically because right. there are 30-year mortgages down there, people who don't need to sell, don't need, don't need to no. renew, and it has less of an effect. So knowing that, there's, uh, there's obviously a few benefits here um to to investing in the u.s and specifically yeah. i think florida right i think like if you look at yeah. the u.s as a whole like and mm-hmm. you compare it to canada there's you have way cheaper land value like overall and you have way more people yeah that's way, where i seen like there's, there's you do a, there's have way more but i see the thing that i see that i um you just have to acknowledge is like in canada it's like most cities are bankable yes. if you're buying one in one of the top you know 10 cities heck even if you're buying in simcoe as we like to talk about um i'm not from simcoe but (laughs) like we acknowledge that those cities are real stable like you don't really have any real dogs of cities no and i think the u.s a lot of the a lot of their good areas is usually based off of schooling schooling huge yeah Yeah. like literally just being on one side of a major street versus another the school matters and that's something glenn sutherland talks about is like picking an area where you're you've got good schools um, around you makes a big difference in the value Absolutely. of your home. Um, I look at, say, a place like Florida, and I'm partial to that. I know you're also invested elsewhere in the U.S. And I, like, you know, people love Ron DeSantis. He just got reelected. Yep. Four more years of him. Um, his policies are what have brought so many people migrating to Florida as it is. Oh, yeah. And now four more years of, of that is likely in the pipe. So uh, unless he decides to run for president. so Which I've heard. But, I hope he doesn't. Oh, I, I just hope he stays in Florida because <laughs> <yeah. laughs> it's working out well for, for uh, that economy. Yeah. So um, obviously those are some of the benefits to uh, to that market. Not to say that there aren't others, um, other states. What are some other states that you like? Uh, I like, I think a lot of the, well, you got Florida, Texas, Arizona's good too. Like um, a lot of those From states. like landlord friendly or is Yeah, it... I don't know about um, Arizona per se, just because like I haven't. Yeah. The only the only reason I'm saying those states is there's just been so much demand going to them, right? Yeah. So, well, a lot of people um, want to go there in general yeah. uh, just because of the warm weather. There's a lot of reason to uh, vacation there. The managers for our camp, they go there when they're yeah. not working for our camp. Nice. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, obviously I've never been there, but it's obviously a lot warmer than here. <laughs> oh yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah. but yeah, no, Texas is another state. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Like we're doing some development down there. Yeah. Let's storage, get in, let's so. get into that part. So I wanted to dig in on the Cape Coral cause now we had some more updated numbers. Yep. It's been a few more months. The hurricanes passed. 
Um, I like the, the way these numbers are, are looking. Standing. The houses are still standing. Like, and the big thing is, like, I had conversations with people. I looked at AirDNA, and these were not the numbers I was getting. So, and I've heard many people say you can't trust AirDNA. Yeah, it's, I, it, honestly, yeah. that's where I was going back to before. I'm like, I'm like, you really don't know unless you. Just you don't know until do you try. Yeah, and right? you said like, that last time. At the end of the day, yeah. you don't know until you try. And so many people get caught up in the analytics. This is where I think that if you're gonna do vacation rentals, you need to have a really strong plan B. Yeah, you gotta have it. Yeah, where yeah our plan b i guess you could say is you know we have a three bedroom two bath house in a nice area that's very bankable for a family yeah yeah. see and and i know i know like i saw like just like i went i just looked up rentals single family rentals like maybe two three weeks ago it's like nothing there's there's like a handful i mean because all these houses got destroyed the the lady we use for our mortgage broker um Mm -hmm. who did a lot of our like our lending or whatever she was even saying like our houses they can rent for probably 3500 bucks a month I, just as a I, long term i think even more yeah i i mean i've never worked those numbers would it cash flow at that based on you're, what you're paying you're probably making a little bit but at the yeah. end of the day like that's your obviously your plan b your plan yeah. a is obviously short-term rentals which... yeah that's what i was working at i mean before the the changes in interest rate <clears throat> but then rents bumped too i knew yeah. that i'd be yeah. a roughly break even yeah. if i needed to rent a family so which is pretty good so i mean i was thinking plan a airbnb haven't got there yet i'm actually going to sell uh the first couple but uh you know so then plan B was sell or plan C was right. just rent it, <laughs> yeah. you know, rent it regular. Obviously, the cash flow is, is something I'm after, though. So obviously, yeah. So find a way to do that. I think Airbnb is a great way to do that. But I mean, heck, if that market works for regular rentals, but way even less if, management. Yeah, but even if you were just to like, OK, you know, yeah. I don't know, you couldn't do short term rental for six months or something. Yeah. You, you rent it out long term. Sure. And then you, you got your well, friendly and in, landlord. Well, in Florida, you, yeah, I, I don't know about <laughs> kicking people out. I haven't looked into that yet, but, you well, know, but that's obviously something um, I, I know for, for a fact, Ontario. for a fact, yeah, if they're not paying, they're out. Yeah, well, like, it's definitely not Ontario. I just don't know exactly the, you know, the, the steps you got to yep. jump through, but I, from everything I've heard, it's a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, Nick, let's talk about Texas. Yep. Yeah. So, we, um, so, I guess back up a little bit when we were in Florida, we, you know, I, I met a guy down there who was, you know, using the, he was, first of all, he did a lot of flips beforehand. Um, like he was flipping like, I don't know, a hundred houses a year. Like, mm-hmm. and he transitioned into self-storage more for like the scalability mm-hmm. and profit and, you know, safety as like an investment as a whole. Um, so, you know, I got talking to him, getting some ideas and stuff, and I never really considered self-storage to be honest. Um, but when you really look into it, it's it's pretty lucrative to say the least. So, mm-hmm. anyways, we I I ended up hiring him as a as a coach um, and a mentor, all that stuff. He's at the same time was doing self storage, so you know your self storage and stuff like that's been top of mind. But yeah, we uh, we we looked into it, you know, evaluated all that stuff. He has about nine or ten sites on the go. He had another opportunity come up, and you know, at the same time, I was like, okay, I, I want to do something bigger. I want to do something scalable, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, obviously get more profit, all that stuff for us, our investors, and so on. So, we basically just took that opportunity and and went full tilt. So, yeah, it's uh, we're developing a hundred thousand square foot self storage facility in Houston, Texas. Um, That's crazy. Class A. It's all one level. And, um, yeah, we're doing it through a syndication, which obviously isn't done, isn't very common in Canada. Syndication and, uh, meaning like share sale? Yeah. Like it's essentially like your GP. One corporation yeah. or is it a GPLP? Well, yeah. GPLP structure. Yeah. Um, we're raising money and, you know, we're paying a return and yeah. then all of our LP investors get a piece of the pie. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, so like. The whole self storage thing, like I don't know where you want to go with this. Like we, well, can... no, let's let's start at concept. Sure. Why self storage makes so much sense? Yeah. So what I seen is uh, why it made why it made a lot of sense was more the investment side of things into the whole industry. Like if you look at self storage, the industry alone, it's just been a constant increase for the last forty years. Mm-hmm. Like there hasn't been any dip. So like when you're looking at like you know when you're talking about hedging your investments, yeah. During a good economy or bad economy, self storage almost almost thrives in it because yeah, it's almost know, recession proof. We don't yeah, want to say that that yeah, we're not I, making I that say statement. Recession but resistant. But it's, it's recession resistant. I mean, but I mean, if you think logically, people downsizing, you know, hey, we we want a cheaper rent. We're gonna go to a smaller place. I guess we'll just store the extra yeah, stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing happens. Or even while they're moving, they need they need a place for for four months yeah, or so, two months. But it's not even just people in general. Yeah. Like obviously that's a big chunk of it. But you have businesses, you have yeah. contractors. Businesses you shut have, down. They have yeah. to store their stuff. 
families move in with each other, one family stores their stuff. Right. Yeah. So like, so during a downturn or, you know, a recession, whatever, all storage thrives. And then yeah. during a good economy, when people are making money and spending money, mm-hmm. they're buying more products, they're buying more stuff, yeah. which ultimately end up in storage anyway. And so, storage. Yeah, that, that I love. And this is, this is why, like I said before, I, yeah. I originally invested in, in student rentals just because people go to school, whether times are good or bad. They, yeah. If I can't get a job, I go to go back to school and get educated. Yeah. So, so. that was like the ba- big yeah. reason. Um, plus, when you have a, a residential property or student rental, mm-hmm. like your tenant class is essentially one person or one yeah. type versus self-storage. You have, you know, you so have students, you so have many classes. Yeah. You have, you know, doctors, yeah. lawyers, general yeah. contractors, business and owners, you name it. I'm assuming it's the same thing. Basic contract. You don't pay. You got like X number of days to come get it or your stuff's out on the curb. Yeah. If you don't pay, you literally you lock the door lock the door and then stuff's ours <laughs> and then yeah which most people are like well i want my stuff back well it's like all right we'll pay you get your stuff and then yeah. you leave. <laughs> so it's i don't know and you compare it to like residential or like you know our lovely landlord rules in ontario yeah i don't know there's light bulbs going off in my head where i'm like you oh know, it like, makes, this makes perfect sense, sense I, so. I love that i i want to you know we should do just like a little powwow one day just like what are all the industries that are like a negative correlation to the economy so the economy does worse that industry does better let's yes let's buy into those right well that's exactly yeah. it so that was a big reason why we got into the self-storage stuff um plus at the same time like i was you know we we bought obviously a bunch of multifamily properties and then we were in in edmonton we bought a building mm-hmm. out there but like you know multifamily as a whole is pretty you know depending on the market and obviously you can still get opportunities everywhere but like you know, it was saturated and I was looking for something that I can, you know, I can scale, I can grow. And yeah. at the same time, it's good in any economy. So I like, I like that. You don't, you don't seem to be afraid. And I've pointed, pointed this out last time. Like you'll go to wherever the market is. Yeah, well, and there's so many people that are like, no, this is my hometown. This is where I invest. And I don't like to argue with that sentiment because you can find deals anywhere. Yeah. You just got to learn it. But right? how, like it, yeah. How hard you have but to work it, it to find goes that back deal. to like, and it might sound corny, but like fear yeah right like false evidence appearing real so like mm-hmm. if you just don't have if you just have a lack of knowledge in yeah. something it's obviously going to be scary or daunting but as yeah. soon as you learn about it you know no problem all that fear goes away so well i mean not all of it, not all yeah i mean i i don't if fear was associated with an investment it would it would mostly be associated with how much time is this going to take yeah how much of my time might this bloat to absolutely and if i don't know a market and i i look at the daunting task of now i need to go meet people and learn that market that's usually what would slow me down which is why i hired a coach yeah because then they can slide you into the door yeah like i've reinvented the wheel multiple times why and i have why bother do it again like i spent three you know this well i was down there for three and a half months in florida like before i made a move it was it was probably the three month mark that i made a move going to real estate meetups talking to people networking driving around like it takes time to really i didn't even know i was gonna buy a house in florida yeah (laughs) yeah you just but, heard me talking about yeah, exactly. it exactly <laughs> well, it's got to be good so. yeah you came to that meetup that one time was that last year or yeah when was that that was yeah. like back when i was down there for the long time that you came down like april no we yeah. came home in april that's right March? yeah we were both down there March? at the same yeah. time for that for a while there um yeah great great way to get a lay of the land is just spend some time there yeah like so yeah going back to the self-storage stuff so like i i hired a coach mm-hmm. he has nine 10 sites on the go right now yeah. all across the u.s and a bunch of them are in texas so i'm like he had another opportunity i'm like well you know why not take take this opportunity mm-hmm. essentially we bought we bought this deal from them yeah but then i brought him on as a partner mm-hmm. to basically not steal but leverage his you know resources his contacts lenders contractors mm-hmm. you name it and then basically just yeah. go full tilt so yeah. basically we're leveraging him to develop it um yeah like it's yeah and it's not cheap to pay for the coaching right i don't know no. if you want to share that now like yeah I mean, like it's you're it's, it's a small investment obviously it's an investment but it, right but like, at the same time it's you know he almost basically you're turning decades into days essentially right so like yeah like why do it why do it yourself like yeah. I, I coming from the contracting business when i went to florida i'm like i just cannot be a gc in florida no. too so for me it was worth partnering with dave who i partnered with on, yeah, on the like, first one well for example your yeah. new your your florida house or any yeah. build you do here like do you hang your own drywall no i don't i hire no. people right 
but what it's I'm the same saying concept. Is, it's just, but even just even to different. be a GC and, and quarterback at all is a lot of work too. Absolutely, right. So down there, I did not want to do that. But I, you know, I, for me, the big thing was how do you trust a GC? Like, yeah. So. I found Dave attached to the RIA, you know, 10 plus year reputation there, and he's got the connection. So sure, I give up half the profit on a deal, but now I got a foot in the door with a contractor that I, I know, like, and trust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, that's huge, right? So it was worth me paying, you know, I didn't need to partner, but I did, you know, cost me like 30, 40 grand. But now, now I win because of it. Yeah, so yeah, no, coaching isn't cheap, but at the yeah. same time, uh, it's hard to really put a value like, like, a, like, sure, you pay, you know, 30 grand. 50 grand sometimes more right yeah at the end of the day it's like it's really hard to put a value on it though because it's like how much knowledge are you gaining yeah how much you know all the contacts resources how it's much faster contact. are you yeah how much, how much faster, faster are you getting to where yeah. you want so like yeah you know if you really think about it you know i started real estate i don't know what it's probably been 10 years ago the whole goal was just buy a yeah. bunch of properties rent them out collect cash flow have mm -hmm. a bunch of tenants pay off your mortgage and I never once thought I'd be developing a $22, 25000000 million self-storage facility in yeah. a different country. Right? What, what percentage ownership will you have ultimately after you bring in the partners? Like, what will you retain? Yeah, so I think we're going to be in and around that uh, close to 50%. You and your wife will be close yeah. to 50%? Yeah, well, like our our new company, NBDR yeah. Developments. Okay. Um, so basically, we, we'll, we'll, we'll retain about 40 to 50%. Yeah. So out of a hundred percent, we're selling out, you know, shares to our investors. So mm -hmm. we're, we're raising money, you know, on this deal, it's about 30.1 million us. Um, we're selling out about, I think we're doing 27 shares. Uh, but there's the opportunity if we need to sell more, could go up down the road. So, and then the shares are what? 115 each. Yeah. On this deal, it's 115 us. And then we're paying out a 10% preferred return. Um, and then each share basically represents 1% in the deal. Mm -hmm. So, that's for the the LP side, the investors, and then we're our partner. So my coach, uh, he, they're getting uh, they're getting a slice of the pie, about thirteen percent. Yeah, to essentially just you know hold yeah. our hand through it, offer out their con their con our yeah. contacts, resources, and that's all very that stuff. common in the states to bring somebody in in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's the other aspect of it too, is like we need a rate or we need a ten million dollar construction loan. Mm -hmm. So he's gonna help you with that. So he could they can or we basically bring in a kp which is essentially a wealthy uh american really because mm -hmm. it's you know to to sign on a 10 million dollar construction loan as a canadian it's a little yeah they're not going to care yeah. about, you, about you in that yeah. scenario they're going to want so somebody like your offer, coach on there like somebody like that would actually put their name against right. it yeah. yeah so essentially we bring in someone to basically sign their life away on the on the line yeah. and uh yeah. And then we're essentially the ones developing it, though. But that's yeah. kind of go it goes back to like, you know, you have this big pie. Yeah. And like if it has enough profit and enough, uh, you know, meat on the bone to go around. Sure, you can try. Everyone wants, you know, the whole pie. But in reality, yeah, you know, it's way more like it's difficult yeah. to do that. So if you can divvy up the piece of pie where everybody's winning, everybody's, you know, making money, mm -hmm. but they're also doing stuff and bringing, you know, you know, help to the table, then it's a win-win. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I like that that idea. Um, so, how what's your time frame like, and where are you at right now? The land is owned by your your yeah. So we've closed. We've, yeah, we've closed on the land. Uh, we're going through basically finalizing all the drawings and stuff right so now. So all the money to date has really been to buy the land and pay for uh, soft costs. Yeah, like when we bought this deal from them, um, it it came fortunately with. Uh, 75% complete drawings. So uh, this is from your coach you bought. Yeah, yeah so okay. we had, uh, so basically part of the drawings were completed. Um, geotech, um, okay. environmentals were done. So are you like still that. paying for consultants to do a bunch of studies? Yep, yeah. Okay. So basically, oh yeah, that's another thing we had is like feasibility studies to yeah. basically look at a site and say, yeah, is it worth it? Is it going to make sense? So, Okay. Well, yeah, feasibility, obviously you would have looked at that beforehand yeah. before buying it. But, yeah. uh, okay, so you're you're already at that point. Do you have, like, sort of the, the Texas equivalent of site plan approval that, yes, you have a permission to build this? Not yet, but 
fortunately they have other sites in texas so it's like they already know what they want essentially okay. so we more or less we're finalizing all those drawings we're hopefully get everything submitted by the end of the year and it's dealing already, with houston specifically like yeah. their municipality yeah okay and then again like we we hired a consultant to more or less look after majority right. of this so okay so the consultant already knows. Yeah. yeah and then uh mm-hmm. and then basically in the new year hopefully we get approval for everything and then i think we're hoping to get a shovel in the ground in like march ish oh really that yeah. soon yeah so you're so you're oh, like it's like texas as a whole is pretty favorable for building right yeah. so um but yeah so the plan is to basically start construction in in march ish yeah march april give or take so and then from there it's it's probably a 10 month build that's it yeah like it's there's not much so the turnaround on this is extremely quick yeah most people when you're talking development you are not talking anywhere near that quick no in our whole like the whole the whole timeline we're we're anticipating it's going to be about 24 months to get it like bought developed built ready to be opened and your coach like is on board with that he says that's doable yeah and and to be honest they're probably more conservative than i am yeah um and then and then we were basically anticipating another 12 months for stabilizing it which could be could be a lot faster but at the end of the day you know we're we're saying another 12 months to stabilize it which is basically filling up the units right yeah so yeah, I mean, we'll see what the, what the demand is for it, but I mean, you, yeah. you've probably already looked. Well, into through the that. feasibility yeah. study, there's there's basically a calculation in in each area. Like we look yeah. at a three mile radius, but in an, each area, they're like, okay, based off of the the demographics, population, income, you know, jobs, and mm-hmm. people that are there, and you know, just the de- overall demand for an area, they'll say, okay, there's X amount of square feet per area. In this area, we're looking in it. There's, I think, if I remember correctly, it's about three hundred and 11,000 square feet of of demand and we're building just under a hundred thousand square feet yeah so essentially we could build three of these sites and okay so it's underserviced for the demand yeah and they take into account like other other people developing yeah um, existing sites you name it i feel like uh james fernandez also bought some u.s storage and i remember him talking about something like that he picked a really underserved area for storage well like uh, my coach essentially he was saying like you can literally like throw a dart at a map and self storage will work. Yeah, but some areas obviously will work better. So some areas will. If you're will starting serve. with that. If you're super <laughs> rural, you'll you'll generally find there is no storage around. No. So then just because you're the only option, you'll get some. Yeah, maybe, maybe you won't. Like through the feasibility, yeah, we look at a three mile yeah. radius. So they like because not many people want to drive. Yeah. Know, l- 10 minutes 20 minutes ago yeah they want store. close storage. they just want to go around the corner and grab so, the stuff right yeah so so if somebody like wanted to do self-storage like go down this this route and develop it um, themselves obviously you know getting a coach is going to be the easiest thing but yeah. um, how do they even start to do that research like can you find these studies publicly or you actually have to perform them like can you do a search and find out which areas yeah, are underserved? like you can well yeah there's there's websites and you know places where you can go to mm-hmm. but uh Really, the main thing is, is like you can find a certain area, and then after that, it's like okay, find a piece of land, and you can you can then just go, you know, mm-hmm. send it away for a feasibility study. But you don't really want to spend. Yeah, you're spending money, so I'm talking <laughs> yeah. like prelim. Yeah, um, I prelim honestly, research. I think it goes back to like surrounding yourself with people just that are in the people industry, people right? Like, it, yeah, just like if anybody wants to buy a duplex or their mm-hmm. first rental property, they're going to yeah. start listening to podcasts. They're going to start asking yeah, that's you, exactly me, whoever, right? So, right. and then just from there, you're just increasing your knowledge. But I don't know. I've I've done all that stuff, so I was like, you know what, I want to fast track, and mm. so that's why we hired a coach. I partnered, and I just said, let's go. Makes sense. Okay, Nick. So I want to take a moment now and talk about the mastermind we're going to host. So anyone listening, watching, this is obviously different. I've never hosted a mastermind. Neither is Nick. I don't believe. Nope. Um, so this is um, something that we we've had so many people express interest in what we've been doing in the states florida i get a lot of people mentioning to me like they want to know they ask me questions they drive down there i know many people who have started investing down there the challenge is it's mostly just the more experienced investors that are investing down there uh well established um there's a lot of people who there's just too many barriers to it um they look at it and they think you know but how am i going to do this how am i going to do that like there's all these things about the process they don't know from setting up the companies the tax implications all that stuff so nick you and i were talking and this idea has been bouncing around for quite some time and we finally pulled the trigger on it so we're hosting a mastermind in hey guys quick correction to this episode and i've snipped out the old date uh the mastermind has been scheduled for march 4th that's march 4th 2023 
let's get back into it. By the time this episode launches, that'll be in the show notes. So make sure you check that out if you're interested. Uh, but Nick, talk a little bit about what's going to be covered. It's a one day thing. What are we, what are we covering? Yeah. Like I'll, maybe I'll back it up a little bit. Um, and just like talk about a mastermind, you know, in general, sure, because yeah. like, you know, it sounds, you know, like obviously something that can be, you know, beneficial to people, but like, you know, I've last year I went to a mastermind, um, and then I started, and then I went to another one, then I hired a coach and it just, you know, it just goes back to like, you know, you know, why even bother going to a mastermind and like, what does it do for somebody? So mm-hmm. mine, the way I figured it out was, is like, you know, here I want to grow. I want to scale. I want to, you know, have a better life, make more mm-hmm. money, grow wealth, all that, all the stuff that everybody wants. And it's like, so, but how do you do that? It's so, it starts off with like my opinion from what I've learned is like, you know, surrounding yourself with yeah. like-minded people, you know, putting yourself into rooms where people are already doing it, where you can learn from, where you can leverage, you know, their experience and contact. Yeah. So, you know, you can go to a bunch of events and figure it out. But at the same time, like we, I went to these events and I went and I met people and I met my coach and that's where, yeah. you know, things evolved from there. And it's just like, you're, you're surrounding yourself with people that ultimately want to grow versus, yeah. you know, and I think it's, there's, it's a little different when you pay for something. Oh yeah. Cause you know, you're, you're going to listen more. You're going to hear more information. You're going to be around people who are already, you know, mm-hmm. doing things. So there's, there's yeah. definitely some perks behind it, but. And yeah, and this isn't cheap full disclosure. Obviously there, there's a price to doing this. We are hosting full day event. Um, we're bringing in speakers, yeah. uh, you know, experts in specific fields to try and kind of condense all the nuts and bolts that, that people need into something that they can take, you know, walk away from a day and say, um, hey, I know, I know where to start. Doesn't yeah. mean that's the last point. You, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, follow up there too. Uh, so we're going to have a uh, a private group for, uh, you know, yeah, like after the event, after the event for eventually. for sharing and discussing. Yeah, and then like if you have people got questions, you know, you post, mm. or you ask, and then like, yeah. you know, either we'll have the answer or we'll find someone else who has the answer. Yeah, you know, contact. That's the big thing with the community. It, right? so, so, so like the you know the big things we've gone through. Like I've I've invested in the states twice, starting in 2012. Yeah. You know, got out in 2017 and then back in in 2020. Um, you know, three years I didn't have to file U.S. taxes. <laughs> um, so I kind of had a basis. You know, I knew yeah. I knew what the implications were of setting up those companies of, you know, dealing with cross-border accountants. Yeah. Uh, and these are like the huge barriers that oh, people yeah. just like, don't want. When we started yeah. getting into it, like, honestly, it was... I had no idea where to start. Like yeah. I just started calling people, asking questions yeah. and just figuring we out. We were but, talking too. Yeah, but it, it and, was. And obviously, yeah, you ended up, you know, speaking with some, pro, you know, very good professionals down yeah. there and getting but like, good contacts. But the work that we had to do to like get those contacts was yeah. kind of painful, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, it even started off with just, you know, okay, I'm going to buy it under an LLC. Well, you don't do that. Yeah. You're just not supposed to. Like, No, as know, a Canadian, you don't want to. No. no. So like there's certain legal requirements that you want to do to benefit for taxes. You know, even the simple point of like opening a bank account, like you might think it's simple, but it isn't. <laughs> it's not. So, um, yeah. but yeah, and there's some things that you want to do ahead of time, obviously to prepare mm-hmm. yourself, um, not only the market, but obviously, you know, just, you know, like I said, opening up a bank account and legal structure and like taxes and, you know, yeah. you build your contact list. So, but, uh, yeah yeah well there's a lot there's a lot there so um what we're going to be doing obviously in this mastermind is it's a one-day event we're going to start at uh, 8 a.m for networking you know presentations and discussions start at nine we're going to go you know it's a full nine to five of you know presentations and networking uh then we have a dinner afterwards so one day it's going to be happening on that saturday uh for those people who have to drive in we don't want them to have to miss work and other commitments um obviously saturdays are a big deal but uh, we're gonna people are gonna enjoy their time and it's gonna be one of those really fun things i think i'm really looking forward to just connecting with the uh, the type of people that are going to be at this yeah and um yeah so for anyone listening and watching if you feel like that's you obviously check out the info uh, if you got questions for us, you know sure. where to find us. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll make sure we get a contact form there on the website so that you can uh, you can put your inquiries in as well. Yep, no, it'll be good. I think uh, yeah. I think the 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 big part obviously is everyone's going to obviously gain knowledge through it. Yeah, you know, through not and only contacts. us contacts, yeah. but we're going to have some some pretty 
big player for uh, speakers. Yeah. Um, you know, talking. What are we going to talk about? Short term rentals. You're going to yeah. So in terms builds. of yeah specific content, like you know, we already have our loose uh, you know itinerary for yeah. the day up. Uh, well, in our own little yeah. uh, collaborative folder. Um, but uh, you know, starting the morning, we're going to get into the, you know how to do construction down there. How, your entire setup, the accountants you know that we use. We're going to share our contacts. We can't guarantee that yeah. our contacts you'll love them, but uh, people we've worked with uh, or we've heard good things about. Um, you know, I've worked with, I've dealt with so many lenders, for instance, yeah. like I could share these lenders, but it's like half of the ones that I've been in touch with, they've let me down. So it was, it was, a, it was a process of refinement. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, so, so we've got some good people in our network. We've got some success stories and, uh, we're, we're continually adding to that. We both have accountants that we can you know, both have accountants use and they both know, you yeah. know, the Canadian and the U S yeah. side of things. Lawyers, so. title companies, it's different down there. You don't, yeah. you don't need a lawyer to close a property. You can close it through a title company. So I have, you know, one that I work with. Um, so these are the type of things like we're going to get as many of them that we can fit in yeah. to speak without detracting. Acting. I, you know, we don't, we probably won't have an insurance agent speak. Uh, Nick and I will speak loosely on some of these things if, you know, because an insurance phone call is an insurance phone call. Yeah, you can, exactly. yeah. Um, so we're going to focus on the big important ones, like, you yeah. know, things like accounting, things like, and then of course, con concepts, right? Yeah. Your, your short term rentals, your regular rentals, your, your building construction and what's needed, how you profit there, yeah. um, you know, parameters and what, what type of property values uh, you need to look for, what type of construction costs you need to look for, and so on. Yeah. And then and, you want to expand yeah. on what you're going to. Yeah, and about. then basically yeah. I'll, we'll be talking about, you know, building yeah. off that short-term rentals. I'll go through some case studies so people can see, like, you know, legit numbers. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be talking about syndications, self-storage. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to get my coach to speak. Um, yeah. And then hopefully, you know, talk about some, you know, multifamily. Um, yeah, like there's just going to be, you know, we yeah. could even probably even maybe even talk about like uh, uh, mobile home park rentals and stuff like that. Sure. But, you know, like there's... The opportunities are yeah. honestly endless in the U.S., in my opinion. So yeah, so a lot of this is going to depend. So we're still early now. You know yeah. who who says yes, and you know the the speakers could sub. So we're not going to give any names or anything yep. like that. So it, it again, the the big takeaway here is the focus of the event, what we're doing, uh, and and we'll make sure that that's the topic of discussion that day. And uh, you're going to be connecting with people that are, that's what they want to do. So yeah. uh, big thing, I think it's really important if you want to if you've been sort of on the fence with the U.S. thing and you want to get into it, I think this is a great way. Uh, that's obviously why. We're hosting the event so so check it out and we would love to see you there um nick anything else we should cover before we wrap up no i think we uh i think we, covered I think we it had all. it yeah all right thanks everyone for for tuning in thanks nick for uh, for doing this again and uh yeah we'll see you on the next one perfect thanks for having me Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode.